It's our privilege this morning to have Greg Hubbard with us. His ministry, again, he's not a stranger to us, but I want to ask you to open your heart to him. He's been speaking to us the last couple of nights about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He's going to continue that this morning. So open your heart, be prepared to receive what the Lord has for you this morning, and would you join in welcoming Greg Hubbard back to Bethany Assembly. Amen. There was a, a time, you know, we were in the prayer time uh, before service and, and uh, with the staff. Pastor Franco was so sensitive and, and, it's, and Andrea was in prayer for, you know, for Mother's Day. For some people, of course, it's a great joy, victory, all that. For some people, it's, it's a difficult uh, day for, for whatever reasons. Maybe uh, uh, like my, my wife and I, there was this time where my wife would, would not enjoy being in church on Mother's Day because we never had biological children, and she just felt very awkward. And uh, this morning, uh, you know, the Lord's brought grace and brought healing. We're happy. This morning, her phone has blown up uh, with kids literally from around the world and uh, wishing, wishing they called her Mama Robin. And... Um, but maybe, maybe, maybe that's you, but God's full of goodness and, and grace, and I want to celebrate every mom and every person. There are spiritual moms in this room as well, and uh, spiritual moms, and, and uh, we're so grateful for every one of you. Thank you, Pastor Steve and Andrew, for your kindness. I just love this couple. I love their, their genuineness and their authenticity, and um, just the way that they just, just deal and have been so gracious. Even taking up the offering today was such, such a wonderful thing because I need new golf clubs, so I thank God for the offering that came in today. I'm just kidding you, just kidding you, kind of. But anyhow, I'm kidding, I'm just joking. And somehow I wanna get my offering back, I'm only kidding. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna go to God's word this morning. I've loved being here this weekend. It's been such, such a wonderful time and I the treasure being here back where it all began for me when Jesus Christ changed my life. And when Jesus, he doesn't just save people, he keeps people. There are people in this room that have been serving God for many, many years. And someone says, well, you know what? When people get saved, whatever, it's just an emotional experience. Uh, well, you know what? There's people in the room that have been on a 50-year emotional experience. And uh, Jesus doesn't just save people. Again, he keeps people. But he doesn't just keep people. He also fills people. And it might seem odd, Gray, why in Mother's Day are you speaking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit? I, I, well, well, I'll tell young evangelists, and we mentor some young evangelists, and talk, that you'll never need to apologize speaking on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is not some little thin ice deal that whatever. Listen, uh, there are every mom I've met that loves Jesus, they love nothing more to see their son or daughter or husband baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and so this might be the best Mother's Day you ever had, all because... Of the goodness of the Lord. Amen. And so I want you to open your heart, but I want to set this up. If, you, if you're a follower of Jesus, uh, and even if you're, I'm going to assume nothing. When I even use the phrase spirit baptism or baptism in the spirit, let's, let's assume nothing. I'm speaking about the moment subsequent to your salvation experience. It could be a, a second after you're born again. It could be 50 years after you're born again. When the Jesus that saves you now wants to baptize you in the spirit. Uh, when, you were, when you were saved and repented of your sins, that was called John's baptism, the baptism of repentance. And that's when the Holy Spirit baptized you in the body of Jesus Christ. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the roles reverse. Now, Jesus Christ is the baptizer. He immerses you in the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. And the physical evidence of that spirit baptism is you'll speak in a heavenly prayer language. It, 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 it say, well, well, that doesn't sound natural. It was never supposed to sound natural. 
It's supernatural. It's supernatural. And uh, again, uh, this is, it's Bible, runs solid ground. And the purpose of all I share about this morning isn't for people that have an experience at the altar to speak in tongues. The purpose of the message is God doesn't want Western math to die and go to hell. God doesn't want the Ponder Valley to die and go. He wants every person to know the goodness and the truth of Jesus Christ. The Bible says God wants none to perish, but he wants all to be saved. So the purpose of this whole message is that the Lord wants to empower you to become a great soul winner. I, I want to read from Luke chapter 3 of the Bible. Luke chapter 3. I'm going to move very quickly through this this morning. Uh, my sister in the choir from, from Russia said, can you try to speak a little bit faster this morning? So I'm going to try to, I'm going to speed up my, I'm only kidding you. But Luke chapter 3 at verse 15, it says this. Everyone was expecting the Messiah to come soon. And they were eager to know whether John might be the Messiah. John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who's greater than I am. So much so greater that I'm not even worthy to be a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Stop for a second. The people thought John the Baptist might be the Messiah. And when John the Baptist confronted them, he could have said many different things. But what he said was that I baptize you with water, but there's somebody coming after me going to baptize you with the fire and the Holy Spirit. He spoke about the baptism in the Spirit. And then over in Luke chapter 24, this is right before the ascension. After the resurrection, there were some 40 days where, where Jesus appeared to his followers. And right before on the Mount of Olives, when the feet of Jesus lifted and he went up slow motion up into heaven like a helium balloon that watched them go, the rapture, we're going to go in the twinkling of an eye. Nothing slow motion about the rapture. But the ascension, he went slow motion and they watched them go. But what Jesus said right before he left this word, this world, is Luke 24, 45. It's just that he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations. Beginning in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You're witnesses of these things. And verse 49 tells us, and now I'll send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Uh, imagine the last thing Jesus said to his disciples. Before he left this earth, you know, uh, when you're with someone that you love and, and, um, and those last moments when you part, whatever, they're often tender moments and you share what may be so real, so tender. The last thing Jesus spoke about to his followers was about the baptism in the spirit. He said, in essence, let me just paraphrase, he's saying, don't play with this, don't go off on your own strength, don't go in your own power, but stay in the city. Until you're clothed with the power of the Spirit. He says, what's going to happen is the promise that the Father promised, you stay put and let the Lord fill you with the Spirit. And so when I speak on the baptism, I'm speaking about something very, very important. Uh, if you're a mom this morning, and there are many moms, and you love your children, uh, and there's something you want to uh, communicate to them, you often say, listen, 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 listen careful. I want, you, I want you to listen. And, uh, and uh, because what I'm going to say is important. 
The baptism is very important. This isn't some side little deal. It's only for Sunday God people and Church of God people. And the, the baptism is for Baptists and Methodists and Nazarenes and Episcopalians. It's even for gluten-free people. It's for vegans. It's for Red Sox fans. It's even for, can I say it? It's even for Yankee fans, church. Okay, I said it. Look at the standings. Everything's okay. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is for every single follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this isn't some minor deal. This is a big deal in Christ. What is so important about the baptism in the Spirit? Well, one thought is the baptism is important because it is a promise of God the Father. I'm probably like all of you. I don't want what's from man. I'm not looking for some experience that, that simply somebody kind of, listen, the baptism is a promise from God the Father himself. It goes back to Joel chapter 2, 28. And after doing all those things, I will pour my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I'll pour out my spirit even on servants, both men and women alike. Joel even spoke about this latterly outpouring of the spirit. And then Luke chapter 24 in our text, we read earlier, uh, the Bible refers to the baptism. There's many names, but one of my favorites is the promise of the Father. This is the promise of the Father. I love Acts chapter 2, 38. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus for, for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise, there it is, the promise is for you, to your children and to those far away. All who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Luke 11, 11 says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's just over and over and over. The baptism in the spirit is a promise from God the Father. Remember what Joshua said about God's promises? Before Joshua passed and he spoke to leaders and he said, listen, he referred to all the promises. I'm glad there's more than one promise. Someone say, thank God. Remember the, remember the hymn I wrote years ago, I'm standing on the promises. I love that hymn. Listen, aren't you glad the promises of God are real and many? But then Joshua said this, he said there are many promises, but he said they're all good promises. There's some that wake up in parts of the world this morning and will wrap a belt bomb around their body to bring death to this life. There are those that wake up, we see it in our own country, that, that those who made promises and that made pledges to do evil things. Well, I've got good news. My God isn't in the bad promise business. My God is a God who gives good promises. He saves, he heals, he delivers, he touches people, but he also fills people. And then Joshua took it further. He said there are many promises, they're all good promises, but then he said that one of the promises of God have ever, ever failed. This morning at this altar in a few moments, a number of you are going to receive the promise of the Father because God the Father made the promise and God, God's word never returns back to him void. And so this morning, again, let that build your faith Oh, you come up for healing? You come up for healing based on the integrity of Scripture. 
that by his stripes, can you turn the trouble down, brother, whatever this, like a whatever. But here's the deal. So the promises of God are, are yea and amen to those who believe. And so this morning, let faith rise right now. Come on, let something rise up in us that says, God, I want to receive what you promised 2,000 years ago. There's another reason the promises of God are, are, are so important because not only is it a promise from God the Father, but the baptism in the Spirit is a privilege, church. This is a privilege to receive this morning. Remember in Acts chapter 8, verse 18, it says, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given, when the apostles laid their hands on, on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, we explained, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. You have no right or part in this, for your heart is not right with God. He said, back in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit will come upon people for season and for a, a purpose, for a time, and then lift. Uh, but now, friends, we have been given the privilege of being baptized, immersed, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and Simon, that saw this, he said, this is amazing. He says, I got, I got some money. What, what can, what, well, how much of a second? I, I want to buy this. None of us can buy the power of God. But aren't you grateful that Jesus fills those who ask because he's a God that keeps his promises. But the baptism is a privilege for every single child of God. I was in the airport lounge in Munich, Germany with a buddy of mine traveling to preach in Romania. When I'm in this lounge relaxing, whatever, in my, on the loudspeaker, a strong German accent says, Gregory Hubbard, please come to the service desk right now. I, I never had that happen, whatever. And I got up, they go, well, maybe something happened, whatever. Uh, something bad back home. So I go up to the desk, whatever. They, I said, my name is Gregory Hubbard, and is there a problem? And they said, no, sir, you've just been upgraded from economy to first class. I said, can you say that again, please? I said, can you say that again, please? They said, can I have your boarding pass? Oh, yes, you can have my boarding pass. I'll give it to you on a silver platter. They said, We're, we've upgraded you. And now, I, I, you know, if you've ever flown, you get on the plane sometimes and you walk through first class and thinking, oh my gosh, what, what, they got like their own sauna, they got their own refrigerator, that they got, that, that, that just, it's, it's amazing. They got a 42 inch plasma flat screen television. It's, it's amazing. They got the number, they got the, the, the pillow guys, pillows, whatever. And then you go to your seat in economy. And you're like, you're trying to eat your food, whatever. And so, and uh, you've got, you got this little thing, you got, and then the guy next to me, I, I won't mention it, but he's in his seat and the half of my seat, whatever. And so I'm kind of over. But when I go, when I said, are you serious? I said, are you? She said, we upgraded you. So we board the plane. Actually, my friend got upgraded with me too. We board the plane. And I've been told that we, you need to act like you've been there before. When I walk into a condom, you kind of walk in, you walk in like this, whatever. Okay, okay. You, you call it the cattle car, car is what you call economy. But when I walked into business class, I, I found myself walking a little bit different in the business class. I just kind of walked in a little bit different to business class, whatever. And uh, I sat in my chair and the thing was huge. I said, it was like my own cubby, my own cubby hole. There's all these little knobs for things, little closet, whatever, for your beverage. And the, the lady walks up, said, would you like some pajamas, sir? I, 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 
No, whatever, I don't, you know, whatever, uh, some people, uh, whatever, uh, you want your slippers and whatever, I'm thinking, whatever, and uh, like a cup of coffee, whatever, usually, whatever. And so, but I, all these buttons, I hit one button on my chair, I'm thinking, what's happening? I'm thinking, shaking. It was a, like a massage chair. I, I was shaking the entire flight all the way to Romania. I was shaking the entire way. But man, that seat was, I sat there, it, it's not a big deal. But just for one flight, it just is such a privilege to just have that kind of a blessing. It's no big deal, but what a privilege. There's somebody in this house, and God's saying to you, I'm going to bless you with something. I'm going to fill you. I'm going to give you something that you cannot buy for yourself. I'm going to privilege you by filling you with the Holy Spirit. Because it's a promise of God the Father Church. Not just is it a privilege for every believer, but the baptism in the Holy Spirit is important because it empowers the church. The purpose of the baptism in the Spirit is not to keep a person from sin. I would have people say that, that's, that, that's a part of it. There's intimacy, there's power, but, but the, purpose of, the purpose of the baptism, it, it, its most uh, uh, purest form, is power to be a witness. That's the purpose behind Pentecost Church. And so what's important about the baptism, it, it empowers the church. Remember Acts 1.8, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Pentecost means 50. It comes 50 days after Easter, resurrection day. And on the 50th day, the Jews take the harvest that's come in. They take the harvest home. In the spiritual realm, the spirit fell on Pentecost. The purpose of Pentecost is what to bring the harvest home. If you're a believer, God wants you to be a soul winner. He wants to fill you, not for a second in your Bible, not for a star on your forehead that says I spoke in tongues for half an hour on Mother's Day in 2023. He wants to fill you with the spirit, to give you power to be a soul winner. And you see it in the early church. In Acts chapter 2, those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. Not too shabby of a day of soul winning 3,000 souls. Acts 4 verse 4, but many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men who believed now total about 5,000 people. Now think of this. In two days... In two days, 8,000 people got saved in two days. That's pretty good, church. I, I mean, he preaches two sermons and, 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 and didn't finish one even because God just came in convicting people. 8,000 people in two days. Nowadays, we can preach 8,000 services, uh, messages, and nobody gets saved. The baptism in the Spirit brings a sense of power that we can never know in the natural. I'm talking to those in this room right now that said, Greg, I want God to use me, and I know God can use any believer, but the baptism and the Spirit will do what a phone booth did for Clark Kent back in the old Superman days. The baptism will not turn you into Superman, but it will make you into another person. He'll give you power, church. And don't we need that this morning, church? It's getting awful dark outside. Well, we're now living in a day, church, where the, uh, where the, uh, the uh, uh, liberal agenda has got not getting political. And by the way, don't get more political than you are biblical. Somebody say amen right there, please. 
let's stay biblical and uh, we can have convictions. But we're now telling children, you can choose whether you're a boy or a girl. Uh, the darkness in our world and uh, all the transgender. If you're in the room this morning and you're questioning your gender, I'm not wagging a figure at you. I, I'm, not even, I'm not laughing. I want, I want to buy you lunch today. And I want to talk with you because I love you. I want to know what's going on inside. A young man came up an altar about two months ago in Florida. A 17-year-old boy, fully dressed like a girl. Nice dress on, earrings, and high heels. I watched that boy sob at an altar as the love of Jesus set that boy free. I saw his mother, his mother, his mother behind him was so broken. And, but as he walked out, I thought, oh, dear God, all that that boy must now navigate through. Satan is out to steal and kill and destroy. But we have a message. We've got a, a message to tell people, church. This is not the hour to be silent. This is the hour to walk in the power of God in these last days. Oh, church, I'm excited. All the one of, I love what Pastor Stephen said, justice place, I love it. I pray in this house that God gives Bethany, listen, look back, thank God for what he's done, but look ahead in the name of Jesus and say, God, give us souls, give us souls, give us souls, give us souls, and give us more souls. But religious people hate that. They hate that. But Jesus is filling people with the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, he's bypassing church signs. He doesn't give a rip what the sign says. He's filling pockets of people that say, we want the move of God like we've never, ever had before. This is not the time to step back and sit on what God has done. Let's be grateful. But this is our to say, God, I want back to the altar. I want back to prayer. I want back in the word. I want back to walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. God, give us some people that are so on fire for Jesus that like those in the early church, you wake up and you walk in power. You walk with power and you share the message of Jesus. I pray God gives you this year Yes, with all the renovations. Well, all, wouldn't it be just like Jesus to give you more souls during a renovation than you've ever had in your history? Let's make the buzz of Bethany be. Can you believe all the new people, all that Jesus is doing? That's why the baptism is important. Because the baptism in the Spirit, it brings power. It's also so important because the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it brings boldness to the life of every believer. Let me just give the reference of Matthew 26. Remember Peter, I mentioned it one of the other nights. He denied the Lord three times. The Lord said, you're going to deny me. And Peter said, I'll never deny you. Well, he did. Three times he said, I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know you. He denied the Lord. He was ashamed of Jesus. And now you see it. Peter went bitterly in. And now the Lord restores him in such sin. And thank God the Lord just, he puts broken people back together again. Aren't you glad that Jesus puts broken people back together again? We mentioned that on set on Friday night. But now in Acts chapter 2 verse 14, this day of Pentecost, the same guy that said, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. But he walks downstairs on the day of Pentecost after he had just been filled with the Spirit. 
with the evidence of tongues. He now walks downstairs with the others. There's thousands of people celebrating the, the festival, the feast, and they see them and they start making fun. These guys are drunk and these guys are crazy. But Acts 2.14 says that Peter stood up and addressed the crowd. Peter stood up, and the same guy who looked at a village girl and said, I don't know who he is. I don't know this Jesus. Now Peter, filled with God's power, he stands up and preaches the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you are filled with the Spirit, he's going to give you boldness. Now let me say this, not, not arrogance, not being obnoxious, not being rude, not all in the name of boldness, getting people in headlocks and beating the love of Jesus in them. That's not what God wants somebody to say, amen. How many have some loved ones you'd like to beat the love of Jesus into? But, that's not, but, but it is the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. But boldness, not ashamed, not ashamed. It doesn't mean that we get baptized in the spirit at an altar on Mother's Day and we walk out, we begin screaming at everybody, telling them, you better turn or burn, you better cry or fry, you better repent or you're gonna realize. It means that we simply live life with a love for people and a passion for Jesus and love for souls. And we make the best of every opportunity. When God opens the door, we step in unashamed. The baptism will give you boldness to speak the name of Jesus. He's not the big man upstairs. He's not the big guy. His name is Jesus. Demons tremble at that name. Let's get back to using the name of Jesus. There's still power in that name, church. One of the greatest altar calls I was ever a part of wasn't in Zimbabwe. It wasn't in the local church. It was in the McDonald's in Agawam, Massachusetts. On a Friday night out near, I think it's Geisler's. Is there still a McDonald's out there? It was a Friday night. We, back in the, when I was a youth pastor here 300 years ago. We go out, we, we tell President Biden, I'll call him back. He's trying to call me in the back. I'll call him, I'll get done. Gosh, he keeps on calling. But anyhow, we took, we took young people out on Fridays to go soul winning. And so when you go soul winning, you go where fish are. You go where fish are, arcades, places. And there was a Friday night football game. Agawam played somebody, whatever. But the McDonald's was filled with people. So I walk in with about a 10 to a dozen young people from Bethany. Some fight gave names. Some would know who they are. I'm going to mention actually one of them because his mom is here today. And, uh, and, and so there we are in McDonald's. I'm just having a burger, fries, or a milkshake. I'm glad evangelism can sometimes involve a chocolate milkshake. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And so I'm in McDonald's, and I just looked at a, a table of kids, and I said, can I just ask you guys a question? I didn't get up and sweat and spit. Just ask you a question. I said, does, does church mean anything to you? Does church have any? And all the girls looked at a girl at their table. They point, they looked at this girl. And she's thinking, what are you looking at me for? Well, it turns out her daddy was a preacher. But she wasn't living for Jesus. But they all knew who she was, where she was from. And that little question opened up a conversation that eventually took over the entire McDonald's. Kids were sitting on the edge of their seat listening and, and, and questions and talking. I still remember the manager walked out. I can see the guy leaning on the area you lay your trays. You know, he's leaning on this. And I'm thinking we might, we might get thrown out, whatever, because literally the whole McDonald's, kids are standing, coming in closer. It was a church service in McDonald's. 
And I remember I'm talking about Jesus and, and the cross and his love. And this, there was a great revival at Agam High School many years ago. God used two girls. One was Holly Hooten and the other was Chris Bodurtha. Uh, their moms may be here this morning. I have no idea. But God used them to spark a revival at Agam High School. And so there we are at McDonald's and Agam, whatever. And uh, kids are opening, kids, whatever. I, 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 and be, uh, as I'm talking, whatever, one kid yells out to one of the young people with us. He says, hey, David, hey, David, are you with them? Hey, David, are you with them? And I'm thinking, man, the peer pressure, hope it doesn't fold, but I'm so proud. When David Hawley looked at all the people in that restaurant, he paused for a second. It was too long of a pause, actually. But he responded by saying this. Yes, I am with them. At the moment David said that, the anointing of God fell in that McDonald's. I gave an altar call in that McDonald's. The young people accepted Jesus in that McDonald's. One visit, one visit to Bethany. Years ago, I met Friendlies on Sumner Road. May not still be there, but Friendlies. And this kid walks up and, and says, wait a minute. He says, I was there. You that got McDonald's. When, when Jesus changed my life, it wasn't what I said. What brought a break in that room was what a 15-year-old kid who had some boldness and said, yes, I am with them. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And the presence of God fell in that McDonald's. God, give us boldness again. Bring it back, Lord. Bring it back, Lord, to the church. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, as Brother Keyboard comes, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it brings boldness. But we are not ashamed. Some say, how does speaking in tongues translate into being a witness? That was my question. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up in that. I got saved at 17 and nine months gone to Valley Forge Christian College. So my thinking was, how does speaking in tongues translate the power to be a witness? Well, it's pretty simple. But if you can trust Jesus to speak a language you do not know through his power, how much more will you then be able to use your known language to speak his name to a world that needs Jesus? You trust him this morning with your tongue. He's going to give you a new prayer language to worship him with, to honor him with, to bless him. The Bible said as they spoke in tongues, they, they magnified Jesus. That's the problem. We're not winning souls sometimes because we're overwhelmed by our fears and overwhelmed by whatever. But when you're filled with the Spirit, he'll give you boldness, church. He'll give you power. And the last thing is this, just those keys, beautiful. You're playing beautiful. One reason the baptism is important. One reason it's so important because it brings us into, it gives us access into the supernatural power of God. Before the Pentecost, Peter and John would have walked by that lame guy in Acts 3 over and over again. But today would Because when you are filled with the Spirit, you're not walking anymore in the power of the flesh. You're walking in the power of the one that lives and overflows in your spirit. He walked by that guy every day, walked by that guy. But because now filled with the power, the power of the Spirit, he stops and sees a lame beggar and says, dude, I know you're begging for money, but 
silver and gold I don't have. I've got nothing but what I do have. We cannot give Pioneer Valley what we do not possess. But what I do have, I give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And bones crackle and muscles formed. And a guy gets up completely healed by the power of the name that is above every other name. The baptism of the Spirit will bring a dimension of the power of God in our lives that we'll never know if we walk content in our own natural giftings or whatever. We must be a people filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I get a big amen? Come on. I got to end with this now for time. I want to be on target. Jesus Christ wants to baptize people right now in this room. He wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit right now. He wants to fill you. Listen, Greg, Greg, I'm not, give a call. I'm not coming up. I've come up before for this and did not receive. Well, that, that's on you. Don't let whatever didn't happen in the past rob you for what's about to happen right now. You say, Greg, I, I feel nervous, whatever. I just feel awkward. No one's going to embarrass you. I'd rather people come up for the baptism. How about this? And not receive. They come up and be embarrassed and, and people grabbing and shaking you. And that happened to me at one time at Bible school. Uh, I didn't yet have the baptism at Bible school. People come to my room. They're grabbing my neck and my throat, whatever. And they're praying, fill them, fill them, fill them. And I'm praying, they're praying, fill them, fill them, fill them. And I'm praying, Lord, kill them, kill them, kill them. I mean, it was, and people shaking you, whatever, just shaking you, whatever. You know what, church? Jesus is the baptizer. He's the baptizer. He knows how to fill people. And he wants to fill you right now. I'm going to confess this to you as I close. When we first began traveling as evangelists almost 40 years ago, I preached this message and I'd end it with an altar call so general. I'd throw everything in about the kitchen sink. The reason being, I had this fear. It was wrong. What if I call people up and they don't receive? What do you do? What if you're caught and the Lord spoke to me clearly? That's not your problem. That's not your, that's, that, that's not your problem. He said, preach this message in every church you go to. And we do. I will never go to a church for a few days and not take one night to do nothing but preach on the baptism in the Spirit. Well, why? Because it's all about souls, all about the loss, all about evangelism. But the Lord said, preach the message. And when you're done, when you're, when you're done, give a focused call for people who've not received and those who want to receive, I will confirm my word and I will baptize them with the fire and with the Holy Spirit. And we're seeing it at a measure like we've never seen before. Jesus is filling his thirsty children. Oftentimes it's when people respond like some of you will in a moment. It's often sometimes when they're on the way to the altar. Some are receiving the baptism on the way to the altar. So the moment as you begin to respond, listen, the moment you step out, you need to wait in the name of Jesus. I pray that the next moment you lift up your voice, it isn't in your native language, but by faith, yield your tongue, yield your spirit, give the right away and begin to speak out and whatever the Lord gives you. It's a super, it's a heavenly prayer language. Sound 
seven syllables you never learn, but it's supernatural. It's of God. Can I get a big yes? And they spoke in tongues again, and what did they magnified the Lord? No one knows how to magnify Jesus like the Holy Spirit. He wants to be magnified in your life. It's out of that flow that there's power and boldness. So let's stand all over this room, can we? And as we stand, can we give Jesus a big ovation right now for all that he's done, for all that he's doing, and what he's about to do right now? We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on. Somebody give him a shout right now. Somebody thank him right now. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're here quickly and have never received Jesus as Savior, get saved right now. Get saved right now. Say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart right now and be my Savior. That's for you. If you've not yet received Jesus Christ as your Savior, say right now, God, I repent of my sin. Forgive me from my sins. We've all screwed up, church. We've all sinned. And say, Lord, forgive me and cleanse me. And I put my faith in you, Jesus Christ, who died on that cross, rose up from the dead. I choose now to follow you. Make that your prayer. And if you're praying that prayer this morning, I'm putting this on you. You walk out, you go right to Guest Central or somebody at the altars, one of the musicians, the person that brought you and say, today, for the first time, I invited Jesus Christ to become my Savior. If you've not yet received Jesus, this is not the, Jesus only baptizes his own children. If you've not yet received Jesus as Savior, the greatest miracle of them all is the gift of salvation. So call on the name of the Lord and he'll save you. Amen. But let somebody know. Let somebody know. Let somebody know so we can pray with you. This church cares about you. I'm going to count to three. In a moment, I count to three. You're the front. You're in the back. You're in the middle. Don't let anything hinder or rob you or distract you. It's like, Greg, today, yeah, it's Mother's Day. Greg, I want to be a spiritual dad or spiritual mom to people that do not yet know the Lord as Savior. Wouldn't it be a great thing for the Lord to baptize every mother in this room in the Holy Spirit? I want every mother in the room not yet baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you to come to this altar in a moment and let Jesus give you the best gift you could ever have on this Mother's Day, the power of the baptism in the Spirit. But I'm going to count the three, very simple. This might shock some people because I know I get loud and talk too fast. I know I'm trying to work on it. Not doing too well at it, but I'm trying to work on it. But I'm not going to work you up into an emotional frenzy. I'm not going to do that. You do not need to work people up into an emotional frenzy to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You ask Him. You ask Him. You ask Him. You just ask Him. Young man, can you come up here? Can you come up here for a second? You ask Him. You just ask him. You just ask him. Just, just for a second, dude. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just say a word. What's your name? What? Hi, Michael. Michael, I just love your, your spirit. You got a tender spirit about you, man. Michael, it's not a big deal. It's 20 bucks. You're smiling already, aren't you? Looking at this one. No. That was perfect. Just want to bless you, man. To buy you hamburger, ice cream at the church, okay? Thanks for coming up. Appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate you. Nice kid, huh? What a nice kid. Rick, what are you doing? 
You don't need to work any harder for the baptism in the Holy Spirit than he had to work for 20 bucks to buy a burger and a shake after church. You just receive what's been offered to you. He smiled. Very, if he had said one time here, someone said, no, I, I, whatever. If you don't want the baptism, relax. You'll not receive. He only fills those who ask, so no pressure. You do not need to work or get full of anxiety. He's the giver of all goodness. Jesus Christ is the baptizer in this room. On the count of three, I'm going to ask this once. Balcony, you need to start jumping from the balcony. You got to jump today. Just try, I'm like, don't jump. I'm only kidding. Someone's like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Do not. There's staircases there, whatever. But you, you need to begin coming down now in the balcony if you want the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But if you're a believer in Jesus in this room, you're a follower of Christ, and said right today at this altar, I would love to receive the promise of the Father. I love to receive the baptism in the Spirit. I want Him to fill me with power now in this room. If that's you, the moment I say three, quickly leave your seat and don't come up and kneel. Come stand all the way up to the edge of this altar facing me in worshiping. moment I say three, you come if you want to receive the baptism in the Spirit. One, two, three. You know who you are. Begin to come right now. You know who you are. Just come right now. Come on. They're coming right now. Come on. Just come. They're coming right now. Oh my. Come on. They're coming right now. Come on. Come on. They're coming right now, side by side. side. The, moment, the moment you come, lift up those hands high. Come on, lift up. Just come, come, come. Come, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. There's more, there's more, there's more. Come on, balcony, come on. Come on, there's more. Come on in, come on in, come on in. Come on in, come on in. Hallelujah. They're still coming, come on. Let's give the Lord a big old hand clap for thirsty people. Let's thank Him right now. Let's thank Him right now. Come on. The Lord is here. The Lord is here. The Lord is here right now. Now here's what we're going to pray right now. This is not going to take long. Jesus is the baptizer. He wants to fill you now with the, but He will not speak for you. If you're an altar worker, that loved one at the altar, come get behind them. Come on. Don't shake them. Don't distract them. You want to come get with somebody, begin to come around them right but don't distract. Let them know you. Give them a time. But I want you to lift up hands as high as you can. Lift those hands up high all over this altar right now. The Lord is here. In the name of Jesus, He's going to fill you, but He will not speak for you. It's going to be your voice. It's going to be your voice. The fact, ma'am, Jesus is filling you right now. Just lift your voice. He's filling you right now. Just speak it out. That's right. He's baptizing you now. And just keep on using that pro language. Thank you, Jesus. He's already filling people already, church. With hands, the next time you open your mouth, not in English or Spanish or whatever your native language, but by faith in Jesus. He wants to baptize you in the power of the Spirit. The next, I'm going to pray a quick prayer. Moment I say amen, it's not hocus pocus. But in the name of Jesus, when I pray this prayer, I want you to open your mouth and begin to speak what God gives you. Don't go off into native language. Once you begin praying in tongues, don't stop for a while. Use your prayer language. Here we go, Father, right now. Let's lift hands up all over this room. A little bit more mic, thank you. Let's lift up hands all 
over this room. Father, now I pray, fill your children. I come against doubt. I come against fear. I come against whatever. I pray in the name of Jesus, will you fill your children right now? Baptize your church with a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, would you do it right now? Now, in the name of Jesus, begin to lift your voice right now. Let's seek God together. Let's all pray. Let's lift up our voice. He's filling you now. He's filling you now.